When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and we've got a fun one today. I uh, <laughs> A lot of people don't know this. In my other full-time job, uh, I am a school teacher, so I thought it would be appropriate being a quarter way of the season to, man, let's do some report cards. You know, <laughs> you break down the season. This is the kind of goal of what you're trying to do, and NFL teams do the same thing. Uh, you break it into quarter segments, and, you know, those four weeks, how do you do, and you do that all the way through the season. Now, because we had our bye week, it does make it a little bit more, uh, I guess, difficult to manage, but the idea is this. Uh, I don't want to do it next week because we already have a Monday night football game um, this week, and it's just going to be a busy week because it's compacted by one day. Yeah. It, it is rather interesting. You hear NFL teams and players complain all the time about the <laughs> Thursday night matchups and short weeks and all those things. And I, I got to be honest with you, it matters uh, as a, a player, a coach, a freaking podcaster, which, you know, rails in comp- uh, comparison. But it, it matters because once your schedule or routine is thrown off, you have to start deleting things. And whether it's just one day late or one day less in preparation, that's going to affect everything that you do. So uh, what I want to do today is, again, we're going to be going through the top position grades of the 49ers in and amongst themselves through three weeks, but also cross the NFL and looking at what is going on everywhere else. So I want to rank all of the 49ers starters on offense and defense. We've got a long episode today, so I'm hoping to get to a lot of content, plus questions, of course. So if you have questions, go ahead and um, at me on uh, wherever the comments are, whether you're on Periscope or YouTube or on Twitter, wherever. It doesn't matter. Just at me, and I can see all the comments come up here. I want to try to get to as much as we can, but we're going to be here for a minute. So uh, buckle in. We've got a lot of football to talk, and we should. We are (laughs) undefeated. We are three and zero, which is very, very excited. And um, also, I gotta say, 
If you missed our last episode, it was not a live broadcast. Uh, I had the great Eric Davis on, and we're able to ask him questions about his draft story. You know, the obviously the 1994 Super Bowl champions. It was an absolute pleasure. I totally was geeking out the whole time. I don't know if you guys could tell or not, but uh, head back to the previous episode if you haven't listened to that one after this because it is it's wonderful. Um, he's 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 very easy to interview. But head back. The Eric Davis interview was the one right before this. So. Getting a couple questions. Which grade do you teach? I teach 11th and 12th grade. Um, I teach AP U.S. History, Government, and Economics. I'm a little bit of an economics nerd, uh, but that's kind of what it is. Now, um, I do want to let you guys know that I will be doing a full-on breakdown and prep show for the uh, Browns coming up. I have not got into their film. I watched their game live, but watching the game live and the feed on the national broadcast and then watching the all 22 being able to figure out what they're doing schematically on the back end or with the receivers that are outside of the screen it's a totally different thing uh it just it really opens up everything you can kind of see what they're trying to do schematically so i i will be getting into brown stuff but i you know if you have those questions you can put them in here but i'm going to devote an entire episode to just browns and what they do on the offense and defensive side so i don't want to address too many of those right now but uh if you've got them and you want to know Go ahead and throw them in there. Um, Real quick, what's the maximum turnovers we can give to the Browns and still win? This is a 49ers-specific question if there ever was one because, damn, uh, we turn the ball over a lot, but we cause a lot of turnovers. So that is exciting. Now, I will say this. Baker Mayfield last year and this year has been the league leader, um, You know whether he was the number one most turnover cornerback he throws interceptions like crazy um he was just right behind ben roethlisberger for the lead last year um he is currently tied for the most interceptions uh last time i checked uh he is way up there so very turnover prone whenever it comes to throwing interceptions however um you know going through some stats and preparing for my next episode they haven't lost any fumbles so they lead the nfl in the amount of you know they don't fumble the ball but they throw a lot of interceptions so a long answer for you there cole is i think that this could be one of those crazy turnover games because you're going to have to score a lot of points to win. Uh, both high-powered offenses going against very strong defenses. Um, you know, the the, Bear, the Browns' defense is legit, but the 49ers' defense is more legit, I believe is the way to phrase that. So both teams are going to have to put up some points. I, I really do think that's going to be the key to victory. So uh, early indication is... I. This is going to be a turnover game. I think we could give three turnovers and still come out victorious if we force at least two. The the age-old adage was always, look, you have to win the turnover battle. But the 49ers are continuing to say, look, if we could just limit our turnovers to only losing by one or two, we can still eke out a victory. So if the turnover margin is even or if we lose by one on the turnover margin, I still think that we're going to get a victory. And Vegas has us as a favorite slightly. You know, if you look at it, we are three and a half point favorites, which again, you know, I don't want to get into the betting segment right now, but we're going to talk a lot more about that later. Um, Three points is always attributed to the home team, so we are just slightly favored, according to Vegas, but the money is disagreeing with that completely. Uh, the last time I looked at the money line, 82% of dollars going into Vegas is on the brown side. So uh, not only are we not getting the respect 
forum, the pundits, all across you know the media and whatever else. But the casual NFL fan and or better is saying, hell no, um, the Browns are going to go into Santa Clara and get that victory. So it, it's all over the place, you know, with what we got going on. So uh, very interesting. Next question: How do you think Shanahan will respond with so much extra time to prepare for the Browns? You give this guy that much time. The offensive geniuses um, of the NFL, guys like Andy Reid. I remember there was a stat back whenever he was with the Eagles that he was like 13-1 and off of a bye week. Uh, Guys like Belichick, these coaches that are going to give their players an additional advantage schematically because they are giving them the advantage. That's what we have. So you look at the game plan that Kyle Shanahan puts out. It's always very, very good. And again, the first 10 to 15 to 20 plays, are usually scripted those are a lot of times our best plays outside of turnovers but we can come out and move the ball relatively well so very very excited to see what we're going to be able to come out to and do but um you know it's it it is what it is um their coach is an offensive coach as well you know Freddie Kitchens but I'm not a big fan of what he has done Uh, you know even if you look at their GM who gets a whole bunch of credit for bringing in all these big names and all the whatever. He believes in defense. He doesn't care about offensive line. Uh, the Cleveland Browns have one of the worst offensive lines in football, and they have a lot of injuries. I'm curious to see who practices the next two days. You get all these reports out on who's practicing, limited participate, and all that stuff. Here's what you have to understand. Thursdays and Fridays determine who plays. That's it. Thursdays and Fridays determine who plays. Uh, Wednesdays, a lot of times, is almost like a walkthrough. Look, this is what we're going to install. So even if they're a quote-unquote limited participant, they're just standing on the side doing the exact same thing that the rest of the players are. Uh, You know, They don't hit during the week. They don't do a lot of those things. It's very soft practice. So just pay attention to those Thursday, Fridays, which I'll update you those as they come through. And additionally, you got to understand we're playing on Monday now. So traditional week is Wednesday, it doesn't matter if Thursday, Friday are important. Well, now we're bumping that back. So the Thursday practice report that we're going to get tomorrow, I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people out. So don't stress out about that. Pay attention to what happens Friday, Saturday. Saturday is going to be the key date. If people are out Saturday's practice, they're not playing on Monday. That's just what it's going to be. So for guys like uh, Jalen Hurd, D. Ford, uh, playing through these types of injuries, those are the days that we got to pay attention to. All right, um, let's see here. A couple other questions I want to get to. How much do you trust, respect, fear Kitchens' play calling? Man, here's the deal. I watch Freddie Kitchens. I'm not the biggest fan. He seems to be the type of mentality that thinks he knows it all, and he's out. He's smarter than everybody else, and he's got a lot of really interesting play calls out there. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll highlight some of those on film on Twitter um, at JL underscore Chapman, which you'll see in the next couple days, probably the next 42, 48 hours. I'll be throwing a lot of stuff up there intermittently, but he's doing a lot of out of the box stuff, which I like, but. A lot of it's going for major negative plays. These guys have a lot of negative plays. And, it, again, he will do it in key, key roles. Third down and short, he'll try something crazy and get negative yards. So this is something that an attacking defense can stomp out right away. Um, and another thing that's really interesting about the way that they co- operate plays is they do not highlight certain players. Very similar to Shanahan, and this I do like from a coaching standpoint. He is going to go, he's a matchup-driven caller. 
wrestler, and he will try to exploit certain matchups. So that means sometimes Odell Beckham won't even be used, and he's just going to go 100% after whoever's guarding, um, you know, the number two wide receiver or the tight end or the running back. So he will uh, try to exploit matchups, which is going to be interesting because, you know, Witherspoon's out. It's looking like Emmanuel Mosley's going to get the start at corner. We do not rotate corners. Uh, a new wrinkle that Robert Saleh has added in is, you know, an empty side set. We'll send Sherman over. That's new this year. But <laughs> there's a chance that Odell Beckham is going to be one-on-one coverage a lot with Emmanuel Mosley. So this is it's something to watch for sure. So do I trust or respect him? Not too much. I, I, I do not believe that he's a great play caller, especially with the offensive line he has. He has a lot of very slow developing plays. And once you get Baker Mayfield moving, this turned into a Browns episode. I knew this was going to happen. That's okay. Um, would you prefer Emmanuel Mosley or Jason Verrett for the next month or so? I believe in giving a player a chance. You know, Verrett had his chance. And the terminology that's been used by the coaching staff in front office of the 49ers is once you get your opportunity, you need to kick that door down. And what they mean by that is, look, you get your chance. You got to own it. Make it to where we can't take you out of that job. You know, you look at Tarvarius Moore. He's done a hell of a job. Yes, he's got a lot of ways to go, especially tackling and pursuit angles. But from a a passing standpoint, he has not been burned once. He's actually played very, very well. I think he's only given up one reception the entire year. He's only been targeted like six times. But you have to do that. So Verrett had his opportunity, completely, you know, crapped the bed. Now it's time for Manuel Mosley. And I love these guys. Undrafted corner, sat last year, got injured, um, came back, fought his way up the depth chart, made himself to where we had to have him because he's such a great special teams player. I want to see him get the shot. I really, really do. And my assumption is if Mosley has a really bad performance, I think we're going to see Jimmy Ward out there. Um, then DJ Reed, then back to Verrett. So it's going to be kind of a let's see what happens until Witherspoon gets back. But I think that Witherspoon played so great. You know, he's the fourth rated player on our team right now, according to Pro Football Focus throughout the year. He's played He's played great. He's played really, really well. Um, so, all right, let's jump into this real quick because I, I want to make sure that I have some time. I'll get back to the questions here in a little bit. But here are the playoff odds. I like to update this. I'm a big statistics guy. For a 3-0 and team in the NFL, they have a 75% likelihood of making the playoffs historically. Now let's look at the outcomes of what can happen this week because if we go 4-0, and that 75% jumps up to 83%. Um, from 2012 on, 15 teams have started uh, 4-0. and 12 of those 15 teams have made the playoffs. So recently it's down to about 80%, but historically 83%, which is uh, it's great. <laughs> that is great. Um, now if we lose this game and went 3-1, three on three and one, the statistics dropped down to 63%. Um, so it, you can kind of see the variance there. We can jump from 75, which we're at now, to 83. And again, these are percentages, you know, it just because we're 75% likely now, uh, those are odds without our, you know, one of our better corners, without our left tackle. It's going to adjust as it goes forward. Now, I did dive a little bit more <laughs> deeper into these records. What are the foolproof, 100% likely to make the playoffs, the kind of bottom level? And 
Staying undefeated, every 7-0 team in NFL history has made the playoffs, so that's a number to keep an eye on. Um, every 8-1 team has made the playoffs, 10-2 team and 11-4 team. So as far as starting out, um, those are kind of uh, definitely a little bit unrealistic goals, but I don't care. I, I just was curious, and that's what I found. So um, we've got a lot more stuff now. A little bit back to the Browns game and what's going on with my bookie. Um, our sponsor, as I said before, 82% of the money is on the Browns right now. They are saying the Browns will win. They don't care about the three and a half point favorite for the 49ers. They are staying with it. And the over-unders at 46 and a half. Uh, I'm going to break down a little bit more statistical now analysis before I decide on what I want to bet on in this game. But if you haven't set up an account already, you got to go check out MyBookie. Uh, MyBookie.ag, use promo code 49ers, 49ERS. They're going to match your initial deposit. So if you put in 500, they're going to give you a free 500 bucks to bet with, all the way up to 1000 If you're one of those people and you don't like spending a lot of money, you can literally bet for a dollar. You put a dollar bet on it, it shows you the odds, and if you're still kind of hesitant, they do free place betting, which means once you start up an account, just takes an email address, um, you can go in and bet for free kind of paper money, um, almost like stock trading with paper money. So it doesn't cost you anything, and you kind of see if you get a feel for it, if you're any good at it or not. But again, MyBookie is a very trusted site. You can bet on everything over there. MyBookie.ag, use promo code 49ers, and we're doing well. We're four for six so far on bets that... Uh, we have promoted on the podcast and I am hoping to get out some more very very soon so now let's jump into our offensive grades through three weeks so I want to approach this two different ways okay we're going to be addressing just amongst the 49ers the top five bottom five but then what I want to do is I'm going to cross-reference this with every position in the NFL where our players match up according to Pro Football Focus for all the tight ends. So, for example, George Kittle is the number one rated player across the entire NFL as of right now with the 92.7. He's the number one tight end, number one offensive player, number one defensive player, number one, period. George Kittle is special. And it's so funny, you know, I I also do, if you can see the logos behind me, Eat Sleep Fantasy Podcast and website. Um, it's obviously fantasy football a lot of people are freaking out because George Kittle hasn't put the crazy yardage up that they thought he was going to he broke the record last year but I keep telling everybody like look you got to calm down two touchdowns called back a lot of penalties early um we're keeping him in to block because he's such an excellent blocker and all these different things George Kittle is not only fine he is the best player in the NFL according to pro football focus now let's follow through these top five players right here Kyle Juszczyk 83.4 again the number one fullback in the NFL he's coming off probably his best game of as a pro um, ever he was great last week Tevin Coleman even though he got 18 total snaps before he got injured 77 Raheem Mostert, 74.6. And Jimmy Garoppolo, 74.3. Now let's look at the bad side. Our worst-rated player on offense, and I'm not too worried about this, is Mike McGlinchey with a 48.9. Now why is he so low? Uh, Two reasons. One, 
He missed several run blocks. <laughs> several run blocks. Um, also, he has three penalties so far, which is very, very high as well. His pass block grade is is exceptional. It's great. Uh, it's just the run blocking was really, really rough, plus the penalties. He is rated as a worst player. Roz Dwelly, who he only has 28 snaps. We really thought he was going to be our tight end, too. The coaching staff was kind of pumping him up for that. It just hasn't been the case. Uh, Levine Toilolo has twice as many snaps as he does and has rated much better. Uh, hopefully, Roz becomes a bigger factor down the stretch. I think he has a lot of talent. Kendrick Bourne, third worst rated offensive player, 54.6. Richie James, 56.2. And Western Richburg, who's kind of been a tell of different games because he's either been one of the lowest rated or one of the highest rated. If we can get some consistency out of that center position, which he showed us he can do, I think that this offense is going to take a huge step forward. So uh, really excited about that. Uh, now, before I compare everybody across positions, I want to get to a couple questions because, uh, man, I'm loving the uh, interaction on here. So please do not hesitate. I'm going to try to get to as many as I can. Uh, John, did that Browns game show us how good they are or how bad the Ravens are? I think it did both. The Browns are a matchup team, which which means – Ravens defense is not anything like what we are used to the Ravens defense. It's not a good defense. They they lost 7 out of 11 starters from last year to this year. So it, you've got to throw the myth of the Ravens defense being special out. And they just exploited them to through the run. And they could not stop the run. Uh, luckily for us, we have not allowed a rushing touchdown yet this season. The only team in the NFL to do so. So the Browns are a good team. They are very, very talented. But their talent covers up. Um, their talent at the skill positions on the offense covers up the huge disadvantage of the offensive line. Luckily for us, we have one of the better defensive lines in the NFL. Um, John Chad, do you think the Browns have a wide receiver advantage? Hell yes, they do. Uh, I would say their wide receiver core is, it's gotta be top three, perhaps number one. I am an Odell Beckham jr. Believer in his talent. Uh, he does disappear sometimes in games, which I think is problematic. Hopefully that happens again this Monday. But, yeah, you have to uh, – two of the best wide receivers you could put together. I mean, you look at what Jarvis Landry had, 160-plus yards um, in one game. Yeah, they're special. Uh, do our defense have more success Monday night or our offense struggle against the Browns' front seven? Yes, our defense is going to be just fine. If we can get pressure, which I think we will, um, the problem is going to be our offensive side against their defensive line. Both teams are going to struggle in the exact same areas. The defensive line's front sevens are going to dominate this game. So if, whichever offense can sustain drives and limit mistakes, that's going to be key there. Because, again, you're going to get up against Garrett, one of the better players in the entire NFL Um but it, it, it's what it is. Um, is Verrett done? No, Verrett is not done. He's missed two years, and yeah, he had a rough start, but no, the ceiling on that guy's talent is huge. So, um, yeah, he will get another shot, but it, you've got to build up his confidence. Now you have to start over. So you almost treat it like he's coming back for the first time. Build the confidence up through practice. Once you see that repeated, consistent behavior, which we saw, we saw how great he was, you know, during uh, training camp. He was getting snaps as the number one team. 
he, uh, a couple different days, and he performed very, very well. So you want to build that confidence up because the corner of the secondary position, it's much more <laughs> mental than it is physical. And we've seen this here in 49ers recently. You know, when, when I was coaching, you those I hated saying this, but like, man, I would tell my corners, like, look, you've got to have amnesia. You've got to delete that the hell out of your head. Once you get beat, every corner gets beat. Every corner gets beat. But you've got to be able to respond next to it. The ones with the long memories and kind of my better, I hated saying this, but whenever I had a corner that could tell me what happened on every play, it wasn't a good thing. When I had a linebacker or a quarterback or something like that, it was a great thing. But you want the corners, just that kind of dog mentality that I don't care if you've beat me 10 times in a row, I'm going to win this time. They almost have to have that kind of insanity mindset to them. So um, you got to build the confidence back up. And once the body language and that takes place, I think Verrett will get another shot. Um, yeah, we, we just got to wait and see. Um, I heard Jimmy G was smashing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, dating an adult film star. I've heard that as well. Um, so, yeah, man, Jimmy G crushing it on and off the field. Way to go, 49ers. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. Um, <laughs> it's what it is. Um, John, you're looking drippy today. Yes, I am. I just got back from the gym, and I wanted to get an episode done, so I appreciate that. Thanks, <laughs> Darian. <laughs> um, do you think Baver will have – Baker will have a good day, 200-plus yards. I think Baker will throw for 200-plus yards. I don't think that that's a good day in today's NFL. I want sacks and interceptions. That's really what's going to determine this game. Baker throws a lot of interceptions. I think he has six interceptions in four games. So it, hopefully we can help those numbers out. I heard McKinnon had the runs last night, Pat Chicken. Good Lord. Yeah, he did put that out there on Twitter. It was rather comical for sure. I've got to start reading these comments before <laughs> I just read them. Um, anything that stood out to you when you interviewed Eric Davis? Yeah, man, he is very bullish on the 49ers defense. One of the things I took away was he sees this as a complete D and I, it's hard to argue, you know, right now with the way that they're playing all the way across all phases. Now, again, we have not seen a corner outside of Witherspoon jump in and be able to continue that over. So the big question mark, and this is the ultimate test for it, you know, going against Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry on the outside, can our cornerbacks shut down, or at least not cost us the game. That is going to be key. Uh, but that was just a fun interview. I'm a huge draft guy, so whenever he went into the whole thing about sleeping in his dorm room on draft day, that's crazy. Whenever you look at what the draft has become, uh, you know where each day is has its own day dedicated to it, and it's on five different channels and all that stuff, and how he talked how he worked 30 days straight, worked out for different teams, that's unheard of. Would never happen in today's NFL climate. But uh, yeah, so please go back and listen to it. That was a lot of fun. Now, let's jump into this. Let's do our cross rating. How each one of these players measures against their peers in their position groups. Starting off the bat, George Kittle, number one tight end, number one overall player. We talked about that. Kyle Juszczyk, number one fullback. Joe Staley, number 11 tackle. And that's not just left tackles. The way that they do their rankings is all tackles. Uh, so he was number 11. Raheem Mostert, the number 12th. Number 12, number 12, most efficient running back. Jimmy G, number 14, quarterback. Brita, 18 on the running back chart. Mike 
person. What's up, Mike? Uh, probably our biggest question mark heading into uh, personnel and offseason and draft and all those things. The fact that he is the number 19 guy. He's he's rated higher than all the other interior guys is great. And I said several times, if if person can have a great game, um, then I, a great season, then watch out. Because that means we don't have a weakness. Lakin Tomlinson, number 25 guard. Uh, Western Richburg, the number 20 center. Um, yeah, I, I've talked about him. And again, we still haven't got to any wide receivers. Debo and Goodwin are tied as the number 53 rated wide receivers. Justin Schools, the number 44 tackle. And Mike McGlinchey, number 65. As I said, he is the worst rated offensive player, according to Pro Football Focus. Not concerned one bit about him. He is going to get better. But wide receiver is definitely an issue. We've had a lot of drops. We've had a lot of interceptions, which are going to contribute to that. So uh, something that, you know, if we need to improve at a given spot, that's going to be it. And the wide receiver position, and there's lots of rumors out there about, um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders with Denver. It, would he be worth getting? I think he would be. I really, really do. Uh, he's he's not super cheap right now, but because we're getting him after June 1st, the team that we trade for would keep a lot of the salary cap designation. And if you traded a six-round pick for him, I think you could get him. Or if you traded somebody like Solomon Thomas uh, in a seventh, I think you could get him, which I would be fine for. I, I, would, I would love to have—I think he's one of the best route runners, even though he's just coming off an Achilles. Man, he he's special. Uh, he really is special. So— all right, couple more questions that I'm seeing on here that I want to get to. Um, let's see here. Just seen more breakdowns on Shani's playbook. Um, yeah, he's 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 something special. I I will say that for sure. Now, here's one thing I want to say. You know, it, whenever you do the film breakdowns, it's key. And it's funny, I'll post a video of a play the 49ers did, and I'll say, you'll see right here, this is what they're doing, this is what they're doing. There's always one person that's like, oh, McVay did that first. Oh, he did that in Atlanta and all those things. This isn't a competition, and the NFL doesn't see it as this way either. The coaches don't see it this way of, oh, well, that's mine. You can't do it. The NFL is a copycat league. Once somebody does something that works, everybody else is going to do it. Now, the 49ers are in a very unique position because we lead the NFL in 21 personnel. Okay, that's two uh, running backs, Kyle Juszczyk and whoever the running back is, and a tight end. So if you look at the top 10 offenses, we are the only top 10 offense that uses that per- personnel group the most. Um, so that's our primary offensive personnel group. And so once you do this stuff and you do all these unique things, people are going to start copying. It's just what it is. Now, there's not that many fullbacks out there, but just trust me. <laughs> yes, Shanahan's a genius, but people are going to constantly adapt and steal what it is, and that's okay. It's not that's that should be a compliment. Should be something that makes you happy because people are copying it because it's working. Um, and so I'm excited about that. And Kyle Shanahan even came out and said, you know, the big reason why we do all these things is because it dictates that the defense has to stay in base personnel, meaning three linebackers. We saw this most evidence against Cincinnati. Um, because we could keep them in three linebackers, they didn't have three athletic ones. So we were able to run a whole bunch of routes with our backs and with Kyle Juszczyk and our tight ends, and we could do whatever we want because it was a mismatch. So, all right, let's jump over to the defensive side and let's go over our top five, bottom five, and then see how they compare against the rest of the NFL. 
man, right off the bat, Ronald Blair the third, my man. He is the number one rated player considerably on the defensive side with eighty three point Um, great. He's he's played eighty five snaps. You know, the, the league leader in snaps that we have is um Tarvarius Moore. He hasn't missed a snap all season with one hundred ninety one snaps. So, um, you can kind of see how that is. He's not getting a lot of snaps. He's playing about a third of the game every time, but he is so efficient he hasn't had a bad game yet Um, and now the rest of the players the issue is this there's been a lot of up and down games so the number two player is Quan Williams 81.9 and the only reason why he's this low around the 80s is he had one horrible game so two one great game one good game one bad game and it's consistency the the good thing about this defense is it's a different player stepping up every week. If we could get everybody to be in sync and play that way all the time, you're talking about an incredibly dominating defense, um, Chicago Bears-type uh, quality. D. Ford is the number three with a 78.8. Again, he's only got 80 snaps, so he's got less than Ronald Blair. And a lot of this is coaching. We came out and said, you know, the coaching staff said, uh, D-line's going to rotate like crazy. Uh, the defensive lineman with the most snaps is DeForest Buckner with 132. So he's been out, you know, um, what what's that? About 50 snaps in three games. So he, he used to play every damn snap, and that was idiotic for a defensive lineman to get double teamed and play all the snaps. But I'm glad that they're limiting him now. Witherspoon is number four with the 77 grade, and Eric Armstead um, is number five. Buckner, six. Quan Alexander, seven. Sherman, eight. So you can kind of see where they wrap up. But again, Buckner had a bad game. Quan, the game he got ejected with those penalties, uh, got a super low score. Sherman, he had one bad one because he had uh, the pass interference and then the touchdown against him. So those guys will continue to ascend. Um, not too worried about anybody there. Now, the worst. Let's go to the bad side. Jason Verrett has a 19.6. That's the lowest grade I've ever seen on Pro Football Focus given. He's played four total snaps, so you don't want to put too much weight on that. Uh, obviously, the huge penalty, then the touchdown. Um, yeah, it, it's what it is. Solomon Thomas, he is the second worst rated player with a 52.1 by a considerable margin. Tarvarius Moore, third with a 57.3. A lot of those are just, he gave up big touchdown plays on taking horrible angles. So uh, you look at the stat sheet and you're like, wait a second, he didn't give up a lot of catches. You know, again, Tarvarius Moore, he hasn't really been targeted very much at all. Yeah, he's been targeted four times and given up one catch for eight yards. The problem is he's not in his running lanes when it comes to big plays. Uh, as a free safety, you're supposed to be back there in a race, whatever comes your way. And he's erasing his chance at making a tackle because he runs behind him. Julian Taylor, fourth worst, and DJ Jones, fifth worst. So Sheldon Day, sixth. You can see those three interior guys. Somebody's got to step up. We are struggling mightily at that kind of bull nose or nose tackle um, job. We, we are missing that one big time. And if one of those guys could step up and play that role, then who knows? Um there's a couple small instances whenever uh, we have pass rushers <laughs> across the defensive line. We don't have an anchor. Um, we, we don't. Sheldon Day has played very, very poorly consistently this 
uh, season. He has not played well. DJ Jones has flashed, um, but he's also been driven off the ball a lot. Julian Taylor's super, super young. His ceiling is great, but um, his pass rush, he's he's got a 76.9 grade in pass rush, but a 36 in the running game. So it's not like he's getting driven off the ball. He's he's getting upfield. He's just creating running lanes. So something that we got to check out, uh, something for sure to, to, to just – kind of keep an eye on. Now, let's see how our defense ranks according to uh, cross-position to the rest of the NFL. All right. Man, our number one player, Kwan Williams, the number four cornerback. And again, the way Pro Football Focus does, they do all corners. So slot, uh, your nickel guys, both outside. So these defensive number rankings are going to be a lot lower than the offense, but it's a much larger group. So uh, again, like for example, you know, Western Richburg's the number 20 center, but each team only plays one center. Whereas each team plays three to four corners. So the fact that Kwan Williams is the number four corner, that is special. Quan Alexander, the number nine linebacker. Um, man, Blair, he's the number nine edge player. So they do defensive and edge players. Witherspoon, number 11 corner. Sherman, number 16 corner. We have two top 20 rated corners. There's not a lot of teams that can boast that. There really, really aren't. Um, when Witherspoon gets back, even if our defense takes a huge step back these next couple of weeks, which not that I expect, but if you told me the Niners you know, give up 400 yards against the Browns on Monday Night Football, yeah, I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah, I'm going to want to know why, but it's going to be this reason right here. If If we can find any corner to just play average, not even great, not even good, but just average, uh, un-Dante Johnson-like, then I think we're going to be okay. Um, D. Ford, 17th rated edge. Armstead, number 20 rated edge player. Greenlaw, Dre Greenlaw is playing some ball, man. He's the 23rd rated linebacker. Very small sample size, but he has put in some meaningful snaps. DeForest Buckner, interior defensive line, number 27. That's going to continue to climb. Um, He'll finish top five. Uh, Not too worried about that. He just had that one first bad game. Fred Warner, the number 36th linebacker. The big reason why he is there, uh, just, again, the passing game struggles continue. If he can shore that up and get a little bit better in coverage and not have, I think he's allowing like a 90% catch rate. Uh, He's the most targeted person on our defense right now. Um, Jaquiski Tart, number 37 safety. That is, that needs to step up. Uh, You know, a safety play is not great. Bosa rated as the number 48th edge. And a lot of that is just the missed tackles. His pressures are great. He's getting there, but he's got a lot of missed tackles where he tries to wrap up on the quarterback around the legs and the quarterback gets out. Those will turn into sacks. Just be patient. Tarvarius Moore, number 56 safety. DJ Jones, number 85th, number 85 interior D lineman. Solomon Thomas, um, he doesn't have enough snaps to qualify, but he would be the number 94th. (laughs) <laughs> defensive lineman. So, um, yeah, that's Solomon Thomas. And then Mike Wisnowski, he is the 12th punter tied with, get it, Bradley Pinion, our old punter. So Robbie Gold's the 22nd uh, rated field goal kicker. A lot of that's because he missed that one extra point. So uh, that's what we got. Yeah, We look at this and we try to see what's going on. It's kind of where it is. Um you know, what do you think about Dante Pettis? 
Um, I do like Dante Pettis. I think that he's going to have a great game coming back. Um, you know, every single d- game his role has increased. I-, I love that Kyle Shanahan was comfortable with him down the stretch when the game mattered for the game-winning touchdown. But again, uh, I've been a big Dante Pettis fan, uh, you know, breaking down college film since he was a sophomore. I- I- the kid's special. So I think that's one of those things. It's going to be hard for me to get over. But I do think Dante Pettis continues to make strides up. So... Uh, John, do we trade Thomas? I don't think that we will. I think that we should. The longer that we continue, his snap he played his league low, uh, all-time lowest snap total in week three. We, I don't know. I, I'm ready for him to go. I think that you could still net something uh, for a team like Miami or Cincinnati or these teams that are already basically out of it are 0-4, I think that you could get something back for them. Uh, a player perhaps that's a little bit older that could help us in the short term, whereas Thomas is a long-term project that they think uh, could get something out of it. So something to look forward to. Now, uh do want to say... More great things are coming your way with the NinersRush.com, our website. We've added five writers uh, in such a short time. Uh, Really, really excited. We've got some great projects coming your way. There's going to be a lot more stuff over there. Even designing a bunch of T-shirts. So if you you want some Niners Rush uh, T-shirts, head over to NinersRush.com, and there's a little spot where you can click gear, and you can buy some different T-shirts. I've thrown a bunch of different logos that we've had on some shirts. I'm buying all of them uh, just because, I don't know, I'm giving them to my kids. They're wearing them around. But, uh, yeah, if you're interested, please head over there. It's an awesome website, a lot of videos, a lot of articles. We're going to have... It's we're going to have a bunch of stuff over there, so please stay tuned for that. But I will be back with you guys very shortly because we will be breaking down all of our Brown stuff um, once I finish my film and get that to you guys with game predictions and all of that. But until then, just want to say thanks for everything, guys. And as always, stay strong, faithful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.